You're all very welcome along to our Right to Change radio podcast after a little break. And today I'm talking to Joan Collins, TD. You're very, very welcome, Joan. How are you doing, Dominic? And thanks for having me on. Well, it's always a pleasure and a joy, Joan. And I'll tell you what, what we're going to be talking about today is probably not such a pleasure and a joy, but nonetheless, it needs to be talked about. The cost of living, where it's going, apart from through the roof, and I suppose what, if anything, we can do about it. Yep, and that's a big question. Um, we're coming out of COVID, and um, people are unsure about what the situation is, I think. Um, but we know, Dominic, that the cost of living has really eaten into people's um, pay packets and into their social welfare payments. Um, in the last budget um, that was introduced in October um, last year, for 2022, as I made the point in the, in the door that it was allowed the €5 euro budget the social welfare payments across the board went up by about five euro for everything, including the fuel allowance and things like that, and social all social welfare payments, most of them. Um, and that was on the back of the fact that um, energy bills have gone up nearly 50%. Um, and I was making it very clear that um, people you know, needed to have something something more um, substance in their social welfare increases. Um, and also, um, Social Justice Ireland calls for as well, um, where they said it should have been at least €10 euro, um, of an increase in, in social welfare payments to even keep up at that point to um, the cost of uh, living then. And then we had no war, I think, and it was general cost of living increases that were going up. And, and that's having a huge effect, really. Huge effect. And if you look at the fact that many workers have not had any decent um, increases in their wages uh, over the last two years, neither obviously with COVID, but even before that, we have still on 10.50 minimum wage, um, 12.90 uh, living wage, um, and many workers don't get that. So many workers are on 22,000 to 34,000 a year. Now, when you're, when you're having rent increases... Indeed, and the one thing that strikes me about everything you're saying there, Joan, is that before COVID, we're now coming out of COVID, we have a war on our hands in Ukraine, but before these things... People were very, very hard pushed. Anyway, absolutely. Um, you know, and the the fact that even before COVID, there was many people, and there was a crisis in our health. There was a crisis in our uh, pay packets. There was a crisis in poverty. And um, seven hundred fifty thousand people were living below the poverty line. And there was uh, one in eleven working low thirty were living below the poverty line in twenty seventeen. And that was one in five. So there was already huge, um, people were under huge, huge pressure either ways. And now this is just coming to a situation where people are genuinely saying, do I eat my house? Do I eat, uh, give food to my kids? Or do I pay rent? And that's, that's what's coming down to it. And I mean, that's something that's been going on since the crash 2007. The ordinary person who's struggling along on the type of money you're mentioning there there wasn't even the slightest hint of a recovery. Do you remember all this rubbish of keep the recovery going and end a Kenny and that? There was no recovery. People are just struggling along on the bare minimum, trying to make those decisions. Will I heat the house? Will I feed the children? And Yep, and uh, people are really feeling the pinch. Um, the, the stories that we've... I remember back in 2019, people took for... The 2020 and 2021 budget, there was no increase in social welfare payments. Absolutely none. But people are starting from a back foot anyway. 
Um, and the fact that I said not a lot of workers haven't had a pay increase. I think the only workers that I know of are done stores workers who who fought for an eight or nine percent increase in their wages and they got us fair pay for them. Um, but that was again that was last year I think so that's been eaten into um, by the cost of living increases. I mean there were five point seven percent last um, November. They've gone up to about six point seven percent now, and they're saying going to reach ten percent. Um, and while the government has introduced some um, uh, ameliorations for people. It's not enough. It's simply not enough. Um, and uh, and if anything, it, it could be argued for many, many people, things have actually gotten worse. Absolutely. When you're on a fixed income it doesn't, and, and your bill comes in for €200 euro, and last year it was €100 euro, and you found it difficult to pay it then, you're certainly not going to be able to... You have to make decisions then whether... And I mean, when you're talking about increases of €5 and €10, it's not too difficult to see how it gets eaten up in the blink of an eye. It's it's not really worth anything, is it? Absolutely not. And what I've been calling for in the Dáil, specifically to assist both workers um, who are feeling the the squeeze um, and also social welfare uh, recipients, that there should be a a hardship fund, an emergency hardship fund uh, set up, separate to the um, social welfare um, uh, payments that you can you know, get for clothing allowance and stuff like that. Um, that should be specifically a hardship fund targeted for people who cannot pay their bills, who cannot pay their rent, who cannot um, put food on the table. Um, and those community welfare offices should be brought back into the community so that people can access them because um, they were taken out of the community about 10 years ago um, during the austerity cuts. Um, and they were put into interior offices and many people don't even know they're there, you know. And, and that is one of the very, very important things that is letting people know, you know, what help is there, what help is available because they wouldn't always be aware of absolutely, it. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, people say that, you know, people don't want charity and that, but I mean, this is not charity. This is, people are suffering from the consequences of um, the COVID and now they're suffering from the consequences of a war. So it's not their fault and, and, and money should be put in place and that the specific COVID hardship fund should be put in place to assist people. And community welfare often would have been well trained in the community years ago um, in relation to the situation families and, and people find themselves in. So that's a, that would be a start. And the other main point we make that the jeweler now should be extended to all um, social welfare recipients. Um, you know, if you're, if you have to wait 12 months to get a job seeker before you can apply for as the fuel allowance, and even then it's um it's uh, means tested, and um, so very you know not, a lot of pensions don't get it, um so you know that that fuel allowance should be extended. And you know, I was just thinking earlier on that, um here we are coming into April and May, and the weather is improving. We hope a little bit, and shall continue to do so. But it's next September and October when the weather turns, when things start getting colder, that. This is really going to hit in. It doesn't matter, you know, how you use or what you use for your central heating or to heat your house um, because they've made it now. There's no escape. It doesn't matter whether it's oil or gas or whatever. Um, This is the time that people are really going to feel really hammered on account of this. And in the meantime, over the summer months, Dominic, we're going to have um, rising food prices because um, energy just feeds into everything, absolutely everything. So we're going to see everything going up again and again. Um, and that, that's 
that's been forecasted by the SRI and all those um, organisations say that this is going to go on longer than this year. We'll go into next year. Um, so people can only adjust so much. Um, and there on, on International Women's Day, um, I organised with Councillor Pat Dorn and Councillor Sophie Nicolod a uh, public meeting in relation to the cost of living. Um, and we didn't really know what sort of response to get because of, because of COVID and um, because of concerns and things like that. And people are not used to meeting like that. So they haven't done it for nearly two and a half years. Um, and it was a good meeting and a good turnout. And people wanted to take action the following Saturday. We were out in the streets of Crumlin Village um, with our placards. And um, people were just really, really happy to be out and about and saying, letting people know that there's activities going on. And we handed in a petition to the senator who's in our Fianna Fáil Senate, who's in our constituency, because we don't have any, we don't have any Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael countries in Dublin South Central. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, and, and we're hoping that through um, Forward Together, um, that we'd be able to expand those protests um, out throughout the country over the next period of time. Indeed. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do now, Joan. I'm going to lead you in to your first choice of music and... Uh, it is, whilst it's a very beautiful song, it's also a very sombre song. So we'll take a couple of minutes to sit back now and listen to Billie Holiday singing Strange Fruit. Somber song, Strange Fruit, and uh, indeed it's a reminder maybe that some things never change. I'm back here talking with Joan Collins, TD, and we've been discussing the price of living, 
the way things are going in that direction. But now, I suppose, rather than we all sit around moaning about it, I think it's very important to now talk about, well, what, if anything, we can do about it. Yeah, um, I think we've learned um, from the anti-war charge campaign that the only way this government really listens is people mobilise. And um, we've come out of a, 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 a pandemic um, and I think people are tentatively getting back onto the streets again. Um, but as I said from our um, meeting on International Women's Day in relation to the cost of living, because we thought that was a really important issue, and um, the marked International Women's Day, um, and we had the protest the following week, and that group of people, about 30, 40 people were there outside at St. Paul Centre's office in Cumberland Village, um, and we handed in a petition. And we wanted to demonstrate that these things are beginning to happen, you know, and they are. And those people want to get back out again. And um, we said we'd link in with um, Forward Together, uh, which is a campaign um, that is against the government and against racism. Um, and uh, we're hoping that that, that, um, that Forward Together can actually start working in communities, getting people out, visiting um, constituency offices of government uh, TDs and ministers and start putting the pressure on, pouring the pressure on uh, to demand simple things like the hardship fund, like the fuel allowance, like a mini budget, which is necessary, and the government are trying not to uh, bring that in. Um, and that low-paid workers should now start organising under trade unions, into trade unions and demanding pay increases to match and, and beyond the, the cost of living increases that... that um, that we're, we're, we're living through um, uh, every day and every week um, and month of the year. So, um, yeah, we were hoping that that protest we had would be a, a, a springboard to get people back out in the streets again. Indeed. And while it might be looked upon perhaps as being, you know, a start, um, but it's going to have to be something that's going to be ongoing because, like, you know, it's no good saying we'll, you know, do something for the next couple of Saturdays. It's got to be that the government are going to realise that, you know, you actually just cannot ignore this. This can't be ignored. It can't be swept under the carpet because, well, this is going to come back and bite you at the next election, at the very least. Yep. And, and as I said, I made a point about the water charges there, the anti-water charges movement, one of the biggest moves this country has seen in decades. Um, and it did the job. Um, and uh, that started from the small protests, small meetings around the country, around the city. And look what it's transformed into. Um, and I would hope that um, Irish people would do that because it's the only way this government's going to listen. The only way they're going to listen is people are in the streets. They, they hide behind the four walls of Leinster House, feeling very much like they're protected uh, from um, the people. But um, I think, you know, we, we have to let this government see. And, and I, because we point the finger at government for these things. We don't point at people. And um, we say this is the government responsibility and the government can act. We know they can act. We know they can uh, get money. And I, I actually welcome um, the uh, measures that the government have brought into date, but they're just not enough. They are absolutely not enough for those. Yeah. Indeed, and nothing like enough. And it has to be seen because when we look back at something like the water protests, one of the things that made it work was that we had all the people working together. We had the unions, we had the communities, people working together and, let's face it, prepared to put aside minor differences 
in order to get the message, the very important message, over to the people who most needed to hear it? Absolutely, Dominic. Um, yeah, and I would welcome the trade unions getting involved. Um, uh, we discussed this at our United Community um, branch meeting of Unite and the Union uh, uh, a couple of Saturdays ago, and they are very much supportive of this. Um, we have a motion from our branch going to the conference um, in relation to the cost of living, demanding that the unions put in pay claims um, that would match, not the strategy pay claims, but um, uh, claims that would match um, the cost of living increases that we were, were facing. Um, and this argument about uh, that wage increases are going to cost and um, going to push up the cost of living again and again is a load of rubbish. Um, it would lead into profits um, but that's a different story. That's not a thing. It's, it's the companies that have exactly. And indeed, that's the one they don't want us to talk about. But sure, what would be new under the sun? And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And would it lead us into your next choice of music, Joan? And this is a song that's new to me, actually, but yet by one of my very favourite singers whose music I've followed for many years. This is Annie Lennox, and she's singing a beautiful song called Jennifer. song from Annie Lennox fading away there into the background that's called Jennifer. I'm here talking to Joan Collins TD. We've been talking about the price of living. We've been talking about what we can do about it. And, you know, because I've I've often said for many, many years in this country, two old lads sat on bar stools and we gave out about the price of the pint and we still do that. But uh, this is a lot, lot more serious. And um, 
the problem with people sitting around giving out about things and complaining is that that changes nothing. So now we've got protests organised for the next couple of weeks and hopefully ongoing from that. And um, maybe, Joan, you could tell us, well, where where do you think then it's going to go from here? Yeah, I, I think what people can do is, um, you know, talk to your neighbours, talk to your families, um, talk to your workmates and say, listen, what are we going to do about this? We can't continue... Um, seeing our, our wages and our, our social welfare payments been eaten into by the cost of living. Um, talk to your workmates about putting pay claims in, about joining the union. Um, and I urge people to do that. It's really, really important. Um, I'd urge uh, people in the communities to set off their families and contact um, people that you know are, are active in the communities on, on these issues. Um, contact uh, the uh, Forward Together uh, Facebook page and um, Tell them that you 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 call a, a meeting in your local village or in your community um, on a, t- a TD or a minister's uh, constituency office. Get a petition going. Go out every Saturday to get your petition, uh, get the names on it, and, and we build it up and build it up. And it's really important that people have to get active on this. And otherwise, things won't change. And I think you're right about the bar stool flies. And I've seen that so much in the past where people. If you give an everything, this, that, and the other, and we should be out there. But then we have to now have the expectation that we'd be on the streets in big numbers over the next couple of months and uh, demanding that the government um, uh, bring in a mini budget and demanding um, the right to um, get organised and put pay claims in. That's really, really important. Um, and put our demands very, very clearly to the government uh, and um, ensure that people are looked after. People have to live um, and the cost of living is just breaking people's backs. Yeah. And, and it's, people are feeling continuously hammered. It's almost like people are you'd nearly benumbed from it, but you can't let yourself be numbed from it. But I mean, people at the moment, people are nearly expecting the worst all the time. And, you know, every time you look around, everything has gone up everything's gone up and it's not just by a little bit you know and probably it's important to remind ourselves that you know we made a difference before we can do it again absolutely um dominic when you're on your own you feel isolated you feel you can't do anything when you're talk to a few people you feel well, well let's talk about this how can we make things how can we change things but then when you're when you're in a movement um, like your water charges, you feel empowered and people have to uh, encourage people to get yourself empowered, educate yourself, agitate in your communities and then organise. Um, and I think if we go away from this podcast and um, thinking about those things, um, I think that we can make a difference and link it in to the Forward Together Facebook and we will link back in with people on that. Exactly. So the message is really, I suppose, um, if you can get out and about, or now that we can get out and about, get out and about. And I have lined up here, you keep picking my very favourite songs, I have lined up here the wonderful Tracy Chapman. Tracy Chapman, and she's going to... um, Is there a bad note or a wasted note on this whole album with all the other songs too? But this one is uh, called Talking About a Revolution. I just say, Dominic, I I wanted to end on this one because... Um, I think this song really does it send a message out to people, you know, you're on the dole queues, you're, you know, 
uh, your lives, you just have to get organised and you have to talk about changing things for ourselves. Poor people going to rise up and take what's theirs. That's one of my very favourite lines in it. I mean, it says it all so concisely. I would just like to say, uh, Joan Collins TD, thank you so, so much for talking to us today. It's always a pleasure and we'll play out with this one. Don't you know we're talking about a revolution sounds Don't you know we're talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper While they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time 